0: Father's Day, fathers, it is a wonderful privilege that God bestowed upon us and an honor to be a father and we appreciate you, appreciate all that you're doing, amen, hallelujah, somebody ready to get in the word of the Lord with me, amen, Amen. you gonna let the word of God speak to you, amen, Ah. You know, regardless of how you feel sometimes, God is still God and God is still doing what he's doing. Can we ever understand that? You know, some days you say, "Ah, I don't know. I don't really feel like. And that's okay. But just know that God is still doing what God does and God is still working. That's the good news. And so I do the same thing to the devil. I said, I don't feel like, but I'm going to praise the Lord anyhow. And the devil gets mad says, I thought you didn't feel good. I said, devil, there's nothing that I will withhold from my God. And it doesn't matter what I'm going through. God must get the honor and must get the praise. And so I praise the Lord in spite of how I feel, in spite of what's on my mind. John chapter 8, verse 38. The word of the Lord says, I speak that which I have seen With my father. And ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that had told you truth. Which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him. We be not born of fornication. We have one father. Even God. Jesus said unto them. If God were your father. You would love me. For I proceeded forth. And came from God. Neither came I of myself. But he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech even because you cannot hear my word Ye are of your father the devil and the lust of your father ye do ye will do He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him When he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar And the father of it. Jesus, I need your help this morning just for a moment. For Lord, I want to rightly divide the word of truth. That there will be impartation this morning. And that the power of the Holy Ghost will move upon us in a strong way. And that God, your will will be accomplished this morning in the life of every individual you said lord your word will not go out and return unto you void it will accomplish that which you set out for it to accomplish now lord i pray the word will accomplish and the spirit will accomplish and the will of god be done in us that we not walk out of this place the same way we came in but change will come into our life the power of God will move upon us uh, and God we will do what we have heard here today. Uh, God bless this body of believers uh, and oh God strengthen them I thank you for the word of God and for this opportunity to stand before your people and before you one more time I pray your anointing will flow in my life and that Lord God I will be inspired by the Holy Ghost and speak as your oracle and not as a man I love you Jesus and I praise you and thank you for what you're doing in this house in this church now God I pray that you have your way we thank and praise you and honor you for you are God all by yourself beside you there is no other savior besides you there is no other deliverer you are our redeemer and today Lord God we just honor you and worship you bless the Lord of oh my soul and all that is within me bless your holy name for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised will somebody give the Lord praise will you clap your hands and magnify? by the name of Jesus will you lift up your voice and honor him in this house Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord hallelujah you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I want to talk to you today on this topic you are your father's child you are your father's child tell your neighbor you are Your father's child. Tell your other neighbor you are. We we have heard that so many times. It's a phrase that we use quite often with our children. You're just like your daddy. You are your father's child. And we say that all the time not understanding or realizing what we're saying. But today I've come to you to explain to you that you are your father's child. And when you say that from now on, it will have a different connotation. It will have a different meaning to you now after today when we say you are your father's child. We will understand understand more about it why we are our father's child Amen. a father is the male contributor to the process of you and I being formed and growing into a baby and eventually transitioning from the womb into this world that was my definition he also exercises Paternal care over you. He is charged with the responsibilities of loving you, providing for you, protecting you, and instructing you in righteousness. That's what your father is supposed to be all about. So he's responsible for you physically getting here. He's responsible for being the caretaker of you. He's responsible for loving you. He's responsible for providing for you. He's responsible for protecting you and instructing you in righteousness. Since your father is one half of the contributor to you being formed and born... Obviously, you're going to have characteristics and behavior as his. Remember or understand this for some of you. For us to be born, we know the process. I won't get into that too deeply. But here's what I want to kind of mention. It takes the chromosomes, to come together to provide genes and, 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 and put you together. The man and the woman getting together. And as study have shown, men carry X and Y chromosomes and women only carry X chromosome. I read something that says, And don't be frightened, ladies. God is your God and he's a healer. I'm just mentioning this to you just to give you some education here. It is said that women usually would be carriers of disease more than men. The reason why is because for a girl baby to be born, it takes two X chromosomes. Because it takes two X chromosomes for a girl baby to be born, something could be wrong in one of the X chromosomes and it will be hidden because there's two X chromosomes in your body. A boy is born through a Y chromosome and an X chromosome. So if something is wrong and anyone it's quickly detected and can be dealt with and the body can deal with it. Because your body does a lot of things that you don't know, even know what your body's doing. So when the, when there's something wrong in a woman's body, it can be hidden because there's two chromosomes at work. So it can be hidden in a man's body. As soon as something is wrong, it's detected easily. So that's why a woman can carry something that a disease or something wrong in her body a lot longer because it's not easily detected. And so. Especially boys, when 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 they say a boy is his father's child, we're real close with that. Because it, it, a boy can only be born if a man gives the Y chromosome to connect with the X chromosome. That's the only way you get a man child. And women don't have Y chromosomes. And so we are our father's child. So here we read a little bit about father this and father that in the text that we shared with you. I wanted to let you know how naturally a man is responsible for his child being born. If you study scripture of the man and the woman, we know that the man is the stronger of the two. And so usually you'll find out that the child will usually have more or do or, or, or behave more like the father than they do the mother. I'm not saying they don't behave like the mother as well. They do. But you will see more of the father and the child than you will the mother. Because the man is usually stronger and both of them came together and produced this child. And so it's important to understand why you are your father's child. So in John chapter 8, verse 38, Jesus is trying to let them understand the father-children deal. And so here Jesus in verse 38 pointing out to the Jews. He was speaking to some Jews. Here he pointed out to them who their father was. And he was able to point out who their father was by the way they behave. And so Jesus said to them. I speak that which I have seen with my father. And ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Not only will we do the same things our father does. Due to hereditary genes. But we will also do what our father does. Just because we're following his actions. Children look and see their fathers do things and just automatically start doing it. Our father generally has the most influence on us due to the great level of respect we have for him. If you ever notice children... They, they, they snuggle up with mom and their, their relationship with mom is almost more like friendship. Uh, it, it's more like, like this, just this love thing. You and your children and you just snuggle up and talk about all kind of things. And you just have this real comfort with your mom. You do with your dad but there's a level of respect. That children have for their dad so they pay attention to dad and, and and they will will do the things that dad do because that level of respect, that way they see dad, they see him in such a way where they feel like I want to do that because my dad does that. Dads, I want you to know you have great influence on your children because they see you differently than anybody else in this world. You are the most influential person in your children's life. It doesn't matter how much they sit down with mom. It doesn't matter how many times they went to the store with mom. It doesn't matter if they live with mom. It doesn't matter how much time they spend with mom. The most influential parent in a children's life is the father. They look at dad a certain way. They reverence dad a certain way. That's my dad. I don't remember too many kids going around saying, oh, that's my mom. It's like, yeah, that's my mom. It's understood. That's my mom. But when daddy is coming around, children is almost like it's time now to show off like, yeah, that's my dad. There's something different. There's a different tone in their voice when they're getting ready to say, that's my dad. And so our actions, a lot of what we do will be what we do because we saw our dads do it. Doesn't matter if it's good or bad. We had such respect for our dad that if he did it, it's cool. (laughs) Uh. when they realized the Jews when they realized Jesus was hinting on something negative when he was talking about their father they kind of picked up that he is hinting on something kind of negative when he says you are of your father they picked up on that and realized, uh-oh, he's not trying to make us feel good. He's getting ready to tell us something of criticism here. When they realized that, they quickly said to Jesus, Abraham is our father. As if to say, we follow the right ways. Jesus replied and said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Again, Jesus is showing us something that somehow some way we will do what our father does it doesn't matter if he's been a good dad or he's been a bad dad it doesn't matter if he was present or he wasn't present somehow, way, as children we do the things that our daddy does and Jesus is trying to show us something in the scriptures that as long as we are people as children somehow we will always do what our fathers do if that, that gene that's in us from our daddy will always seem to dominate us and cause us To do what our father does This is why we say You are your father's child Because that father gene Is all up in you Dominating you And then when you see the actions That your father does You look and say That's my dad And you try to do what he does Jesus Quickly responded to them If Abraham was your father, you would do the works of your father. And so that's something that we need to pause and meditate on. If so and so is your father, you will do the work of your father. You can't get away from that. There are people that really didn't know their dad that much and dad probably got locked up and got away. And all of a sudden, later on, sooner or later, that child got locked up. How do you think that happened? Never really met the dad. Dad ran out after he got the woman pregnant and now dad locked up someplace. But later on as that child grow up and begin to, 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 to understand life, he gets himself in trouble and end up in jail too. And never grew up with the dad. Because we do what our father does. And so proof from Jesus himself that we usually do the things we see our fathers do. That's why he says, you do the works of Abraham. You would do the works of Abraham if if Abraham was your father. Jesus said to them, "Ye seek to kill me because I told you the truth. And that's not something Abraham would do. Therefore, you could not be Abraham's children behaving that way. So they try to say, Abraham is our dad. Jesus says, are you kidding me? Abraham can't be your dad because if Abraham was your dad you wouldn't be trying to kill me. You wouldn't be seeking to treat me wrong if Abraham was your dad because Abraham reverenced me and Abraham worshipped me and so if you were Abraham's children you would worship me. You would respect me. So it's obvious you're not Abraham's children. Hmm. That's when Jesus kind of went down a little deeper and said to them in John 8, 44, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. When we kill people physically and spiritually and we prolong or continue our life in a lie, we are following our father, the devil. When you set your mouth on people to make them look bad or to try to do something against people to try to in your way of thinking. Bring exposure and judgment. Or you try to make sure they pay for what they did. Uh, you are doing the work of Satan. Uh, because none of us can truly let anybody pay for anything they've done. Uh. None of us can really delve out judgment for anybody. Because we don't know the whole story. In the same text that I was reading. It says that Jesus says, I came not to judge. This is why I am trying to live my life according to the word of God. Because if you can do that, you will get so much just victory in your life. Jesus says, I came not to judge. But later on, he says, I and the father judge. Now, how does that work when Jesus is saying, I came not to judge. But later on, he says, I and the father judge. Well, with, this is what I have discovered in Scripture. No human can judge anything without bias. Oh, okay, you don't believe that. No, no human can judge anything righteously because you have bias. You want me to prove that to you? The Bible says all have sinned. All of us have done wrong in one way, shape, or form. So depending on the wrong you have done or not do, your judgment in a situation will be biased according to what you have experienced in your life. So you can never truly judge anything. The righteous judgment, that is. So for everybody that tries to judge in your flesh, you're doing God's job. You're not capable and God never made you responsible for that. Amen. Right. Now, the law, just like in the court and just like in the scripture, the word of God, the law, the word of God is written for if you do this, this is the consequence. If you do that, that there are times when the Bible is talking about that kind of judging. But you're not judging it because the law is already established. So you're not judging. All you're saying is, well, the Bible says, if we sin, then there is going to be a penalty for our sin. You're not judging. When you start judging is when you think you know what the penalty should be. Amen. But as long as you understand when we sin, there's a penalty because the word said it. Not because I am judging. I'm just making, uh, 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 I'm just looking at what the scripture says and understanding that the word says this. The Word says, if I continue in my sin, I should surely die. Meaning, I won't get to heaven. The Word said that. That's not judging. But trying to judge what people are thinking Trying to put put judgment on what should happen to people When they have done or not done That's God's job That is not any of us job And here is what Jesus was saying As a man I can't judge you But as God I can judge you And how it works is The spirit of God knows everything The Bible says only God knows everything Everything And only God, if he knows everything, can do a righteous judging. Nobody else can because nobody else knows everything. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever open your mouth and say they did this and they should, it's going to come back to you. I'm telling you right now. You open your mouth to say what somebody should or shouldn't do because of what they've done. You're playing God. Only God can judge people because he knows from the day they were forming their womb in the womb of their mother. And he knows everything that ever transpired in their life. He knows all their struggles. He knows what they were exposed to. What they went through. If they were abused or not abused. What went on in their life. Only he knows that. And so we want to try to judge. Humans cannot judge. And I got Bible for you. The Bible says the spirit searcheth out all things. So only the Spirit of God. So let me give you an example this morning. If the Spirit of God is speaking through a man or a woman of God in judgment, it ain't that man or woman that's speaking. It's the Holy Ghost that's speaking. And that's when you know it's judgment because the Holy Ghost is speaking. Amen. We're not capable and qualified to judge. We're not capable and qualified to tell what should happen to people or what shouldn't happen to people. And if we can get that little bit right there, oh man, life will be so much different for us. Because it will not make you hold grudges. It will not make you think you better than somebody. It will not make you weigh and say what 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 your sin was is different from mine. It was worse than mine. It will alleviate us from all of that because when people mess up, we will say, you know, I don't understand the whole circumstance. I don't know all the circumstance. So I'm leaving that to God. But what I do want to do is see that person be right with God. Amen. That's, Amen. That's all I care about. When I talk to people, I'm serious as I can be. When I talk to people and they begin to tell me all the problems, sometimes I might sound rude or seem rude because I don't want to hear the problems. Tell that to Jesus. Jesus said, cast all your cares on me. I don't want to hear the problem. You know where I sit? I said, how do we rectify this? How do we get this right? How do I get you right with God? How do I get you right with God? How do we get in line with the Spirit of God, with the Word? That's all I care. I don't need to know all the other stuff because it makes no difference. I don't need details. Go tell Jesus the details. You and him friends if you got a real relationship with him. He your daddy. Go sit down with him and talk to him. But if me and you and we talking, listen, how do we get this rectified? I know people sometimes get shocked when they talk to me and I don't even flinch when they tell me something crazy. Why are you not saying something about that? For what? What does that mean? I just want to help you get on track. We're not going to waste time and breath on stuff that don't matter. How do we get back on track? I believe that's how Jesus did things. That, 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 I'm, I'm, I had to set you up like that. that. That's what I do, but I learned that from my daddy. <laughs> Come on, I'm got Today's Father's Day. I learned that from my daddy. And what I've learned from my daddy is, he's all about getting us restored. He's all about getting us back in right relationship with us. He's all about reconciliation. He ain't about the problems because he know he's bigger than the problems. He know he's greater than the problems. He knows he can deliver you from the problems. The problems ain't the issue with God. God's issue is, how can I get you in right relationship with me that's all he cares about uh, and that's all we should care about how do I get you in right relationship with God we sit around and we look at people's situation I can't believe he did that I can't believe she did that do I gotta say to you did you live your life do you know what they went through do you know if they were being molested when they were young? Do you know if they were being tied up in the house and being treated like slaves? What do, you, do you know that? So, why are you going to say, I can't believe they did that? Every time people mess up and I hear, I can't believe they did that, I just want to just lose my mind. It's not for you to understand why they did that. It's for you to say, my God, will you touch them in a special way uh, and deliver them from that situation? Uh, bring them back in their right mind uh, and help them to come in right relationship with you. Uh, God, if there's something I can do uh, to show them the way, uh, to be light, uh, to be salt, uh, to be a witness, uh, to love them, if there's something I can do, show me Lord. That's how we deal with situations. We're not God. We can only look at situations and help get people restored. If you're going to be your father's child, it will show up in your actions. It will show up in your actions. So when we kill people, whether we kill them physically or spiritually... And we prolong or continue in a lie. We are following after the father that is a murderer and a liar. The Bible is so accurate. It is covering what Satan did way back in the garden. He murdered and he lied. No, yes, he did. The Bible says... That when you sin, you shall surely die. Right. And it was talking about physical and spiritual. Mm-hmm. So when the devil got Adam to sin against God, Adam started dying. Tom, I throw this at you, brother Wood. Throw this at you. I don't know if you guys realize this. There's a a gene, and you can correct me later on, because I don't want to have a discussion, and you know. But there's a gene called telomeres. It is said, scientists studied it and believe, godly scientists that is, I know one, believe that when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they contaminated. The telomere gene, which that was the gene that was going to allow them to live continually forever. And so when they ate it, that's what it messed with. And once that stopped growing, it prevented them from having eternal life. And so a lot of times we think of things spiritually, but we don't think of things scientifically. And scientifically, that's what has been proven that yes, man was created. <laughs> well I told you we can't have discussion. <laughs> Tom wanna we'll have discussion. We'll have discussion at the church. But but when man ate the fruit in the garden, that's what scientists have discovered, that when man ate the fruit, the fruit contaminated the telomere in their body, and when that got messed up, it's cut off eternal life. So what I'm trying to tell you is when Satan tempted them to do something that God told them not to do, he was murdering them. He was cutting off their life. And so they, was, 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 they, they disobeyed God and cut off their life. So Satan, right there, when he got them to do that, now was a murderer. But before he got to murder, he started with a lie. Did God said? So this is why now in John 8:44 we can see why Jesus says uh, Satan is a murderer and a liar. The truth is not in him. The Bible is telling us, go way back then and you'll see he started out as a murderer and a liar. And still today he's a murderer and a liar. So what does that mean to us? Again, when we try to mess up people's life by saying bad things about them, by messing up their character, we're being murderers. When we lie or live in a lie, we're being just like the devil. And I'm here to tell you today, Don't be like the devil Because if you are like him Then he becomes your father Whatever he does If you start doing what he does You become his sons And his daughters And I'm not trying to be the son Of no devil He's a devil And he ain't got no hope And he's going to eternal Tormentation And I'm not going with him And so he can't be my daddy He can't be my daddy. Satan can't be my daddy. Listen. We cannot be formed and born without our earthly father. We need an earthly father to come into this world. However, if we do not obey the Bible... And eventually become born again of the water and of the spirit can I tell you this morning if you don't surrender and says I have to be born again of the water and of the spirit we will automatically inherit Satan as our father it's not until you become born again of the water and of the spirit will you now inherit Jesus Christ as your heavenly father I'm here to tell you today we must become born again in order to not let the devil be our father. Amen. See how it works is when the devil caused Adam to sin, he became the prince of this world. He he became the father of this world. And so here is the story. If you Continue just living your life. So and so is my dad. And that's it. But you never get born again. Eventually, you will inherit your daddy's dad. Who's your daddy's dad? Who is your daddy's dad? Because if your daddy ain't born again, then his daddy is the devil. And hit the If his daddy is the devil and you ain't born again, then that's your daddy too. So what you going to do about it this morning? If we don't become born again, we automatically inherit the daddy of our father. If he's not born again, then whoever his daddy is, that's our daddy. Tell your neighbor, we need to be born again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we automatically take on. We automatically inherit the devil as our father because we did not get born again. Uh Uh-huh. Here's some more revelation for you. When Jesus came on the scene, Jesus... Said that he was from the seed of a woman. Where did the other seed come from? Because we said it takes man and woman to create child. And how do you become a boy? You need a Y chromosome. So in order for Jesus to be born, he needed a Y chromosome and an X chromosome. We know who the X chromosome was. That was Mary. Where did the Y chromosome come from? The Y chromosome came from heaven. Let me tell you why it had to come from heaven. Because all mankind have sinned. And come short of the glory. If it was Adam. I'm sorry. If it was um, Joseph. Joseph. Chromosome that was used Then Jesus would have been a sinner This is why he couldn't have been The natural Biological son of Joseph Because Joseph inherited sin From when Adam inherited sin So all of us that are born into this world Are born into sin So the Lord The Lord Deciding to come to this world saying, okay, I need a virgin. She's a virgin Christian girl. Okay, got that. She's got the X chromosome. But the Y chromosome has to come from heaven. Because everybody else, every man in that world is contaminated with sin. And I can't come as a sinner if I'm going to save them from their sins. Oh, somebody help me. This is why he was the sinless lamb. This is why he came to, to to make sure that he was able to save us. Because you can't save somebody from their sin if you are in sin. Yes? You can't save somebody from something that you're in it just like them. If both of you are stuck in a manhole and it's deep, you can't save each other. You're both in the manhole. So you need somebody that's not in the manhole to save you. And so we all were in sin and we needed one that was not in sin with us to save us from our sin. You follow me today? So this is why Jesus had to be born of his heavenly father so that he would not live in sin. Can I also tell you this? I don't want to go too deep. I'll just. So listen. Listen. Yes, the Y chromosome was his heavenly father. But can I tell you this? His heavenly father is Jesus manifest in flesh. So when we talk about the heavenly father, we're talking about a spiritual being unseen, invisible. Jesus is the visible, invisible being. Make sense? Jesus is the visible, invisible being. So all when you read the Bible, God, 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 God is invisible. But he had to become visible. So he created that Y chromosome for himself is what it came down to. Now here's a revelation. This is one of the reasons why. Here's one of the reasons why he did that. We had to understand what father-son relationship is all about and who was going to be best to teach us that. So if he just kept being God and never become man and become a son, how would we ever know? How would we ever really know, see in action what it's like to be a father? So, the stuff that he's doing, we're looking at it wrong, we're trying to figure out, oh, we gotta be three, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, separate, or we get confused about that, and he's just trying to give us understanding on how to live our life. Remember I keep saying, understand God's ways, and live like that, because God's ways never change. And if you realize God's ways is always about love, it's always about restoration, it's all about you know giving us another chance, it's it's about growing, it's about our eternal life with him. If you follow that trend, that's what God is all about, then you will see that what he's trying to show us is not confusing. It's confusing because we want to see things the way we want to see it, but if we will see it the way God is trying to get us to see it, which all God is saying is, The father and the son relationship is what I want you to see. Did you see how the son related to the father? Did you see how the father related to the son? That's how I want fathers to treat their sons and daughters. The way me and the father had the relationship. That's what I expect from fathers. So he was trying to teach us something. That's what he was trying to teach us. And then we got confused. Well how can Jesus be God and be man at the same time? Man, you're getting caught up in the wrong thing. He's trying to teach us how to be fathers. And so, the father and the son had a great relationship. And I'm getting ready to close up. I told you I won't be long. John chapter 8 verse 42 says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself. But he sent me. Man, I can go on and on and on. Let me tell you. The scripture says, If God were your father, you would love me. So much in that. So much in that. Jesus said, If God... Was your father. You would love me. You know what that means. He is saying. I'm the son. And God is the father. If you know the father. And you love the father. You're going to love his son. Now let me bring it down to where you are. If we're all born again, and we're all Christians, all saved, and we're all children of God. And we have issues with one another. Our love for God is in question. Uh Let me say that again. If we're all born again believers. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have issues with one another not loving one another. Then we have to question ourselves and ask, is God really my father? Because that's what Jesus was telling you. Jesus was saying in this scripture, if God is your father, you would love me. So I can say it. If God is your father, you will love me. We can tell each other that. If God is your father, you will love me because he is my father. So if he's our father then we are his children then we have to love each other because we all have the same daddy and we shouldn't be hating one another when we have the same daddy yes. this is why our world is messed up and we're worrying about all the wrong things if we all have the same daddy how are we going to treat each other Will we get upset with one another? Yeah, I watch Peyton and Jordan fight all the time. But as soon as they get done fighting, they hugging up and playing or they play fighting. they doing something. I watch it all the time. So having a problem with each other means nothing. It doesn't hinder that you are brothers and sisters in Christ. But carrying grudges and not loving one another is questioning whether God is your father or he isn't. That didn't go over too good. Amen. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a choice. We can have a problem. Brothers and sisters fight all the time. They do. But they don't hold grudges. They fight before you know it. they rolling again. And that's what God is expecting of us. If God is your father, you would love Jesus. By the way, do we know what the definition of love is? I'm finishing. I'm close. Here is God's definition of love. God's definition of love is this. Now I'm giving you description of it. We, we could make it fancy and say all the fancy words. But here is the straight description of love. Here is love in case you ever want to know what love is. This is what God's uh, definition of love is. God's definition of love is to do what ever necessary to please the one you love. I'm going to say it again. God's definition of love is for you to do whatever, whatever, whatever necessary to please the one you love. Now let me let me put a caveat on it. However, you cannot Hurt someone, inflict pain to someone to go prove the love you have for that person. So you, you can't do that. So I, I can't treat somebody wrong just, just to prove I love you. All of it have to be. So here is the, here is, here is love in action. For God so loved the world that he became a man. Let me help you all out. That's what happened. He did whatever necessary. He's almighty God's spirit you can't see. And in order to save us from our sins, to make sure we were okay, he had to become a man. He did whatever was necessary. Back in the day, it was killing animals and shedding their blood to remove sins. And he says, if we keep going that way, we're not going to have any food, any meat for people. So I'm going to have to shed my blood one time. But I don't have blood because I'm a spirit. So what am I going to do? He did whatever necessary. So when somebody say I love you, what they're saying is I will do whatever necessary to please you. Not please you so you can destroy yourself. Not please you to mess up your life. Not please you so you can do crazy things. But please you for what will be right for your life. That's usually what a parent do. If you're a good parent. You do whatever necessary to please your children. And that please don't mean... Spoil, please. It means to make your life profitable. So if you ever want to know what love is, we can walk around throwing it around loosely. I love you. Okay. Are you willing to do whatever necessary to please me? I love you. Okay. Are you willing to do whatever necessary to please me? Are you, are, are, are you okay, comfortable with embarrassing yourself to show that you love somebody? Jesus was up on the cross naked. That was embarrassment. Are you you ready to be treated unfairly to prove that you love me? Jesus was treated unfairly and he was proving that he loves us. Are you willing to deny your own desires to make sure the person you love is pleased? That's what God describes as love. Now you can go back to your definition of love, whatever that is. But God's definition of love is what I just told you. So you're willing to do whatever it takes, whatever is necessary to make sure the person that you love, the object of your love, you're going to make sure they're good. You're going to do whatever it takes. Which brings us back to the whole thing. Sometimes love is not about ooey gooey, mushy, 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 mushy. mushy. Hey, I love you. It's not always about that. Because some of the stuff that you got to do to, 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 to show the person that you love them is not easy. What Jesus did, it wasn't easy. I'm, I'm not sure he kept smiling the whole time. I loved them. It was tough. There was a time where he's like, man, I got to complete this mission. Father, I don't know if I can finish this mission, man. This cup, if it can't let it pass. So it's it, it was a struggle at times. But he never gave up because he loved us. And so when you want to know what real love is, man, I'm looking at y'all. Everybody's... Figuring out how in the world am I going to do that. That's what y'all face telling me this morning. How in the world am I going to do that? I'll tell you how you're going to do it. There's a scripture that says, For the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. You're not capable to do it in your own strength. But if the Holy Spirit dwell within you, you have the capability to do that. So, yes, it's going to be puzzling trying to do it on your own strength. However, if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, then you can do it. So I just gave you the answer. So you can take the puzzle look off your face like, man, that ain't possible. I saw the look on your face. That's not possible. I can't do that. He ungrateful. All that he did to me. I thought I just covered that, though. I thought I just covered that. You can't be carrying grudges. You're not God. And God don't carry grudges. Who are you to think you can carry grudges and you didn't die for that person? Who are you to think you can have a problem and hold on to it and never let it go and you didn't give your life for that person? You can't do it. You're not qualified to do it. Just like you're not qualified to judge. You're not qualified to have grudges against anybody because you didn't die for them. So let go of your grudges, let go of your issues and just begin to do whatever necessary to show the person you say you love that you love them. <laughs> Woo, that's a tough one. All right. Our responsibility as children of God is to do whatever necessary to please God. If you are a child of God, You love God. But how are you going to prove to God you love him? Here you go that thing again. I might as well just go ahead and talk about it. Whether y'all going to listen or not listen today. Because y'all quiet on me and I don't know what to make of it sometimes. (laughs) Here's the story. Here's the story. We have to get over the whole challenge of not wanting to live for God seriously because we don't want the responsibility because that's what it come down to. Thursday night God worked worked on me about worked worked on me on that, but that was toward the end of our lesson. And I couldn't keep going. But here is what God dropped on me Thursday night night and it's just been bothering me ever since then. I feel like God is saying to us that you have you have decided. That being a Christian don't take a whole lot of stuff that churches be trying to tell you to do. And I've seen the trend. So I know what I'm talking about. I've seen the trend where people feel like, man, all that stuff that they used to do, that ain't all necessary. Here is what I will tell you that I feel like God is saying to us. If you're going to be a child of God, you take on responsibilities. There is no way any of us are going to be able to be a child of God and just be carefree. But that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're moving on. We're trying to figure out how to be a Christian, to be a child of God with no responsibility. I do how I feel. I go to church when I want. I live how I want because God understands. And God is saying, you think I'm a stupid father? You think I'm irresponsible as a father? What good father let his children do whatever they want with no responsibility? What father do that? If you are a good father, you tell me, will you let your children just do whatever they want and have no responsibility? Oh, you you don't want to go to school? Ah, you ain't got to go. Oh, you want ice cream for breakfast? Go ahead, eat ice cream. Just do whatever you want. What good father do that? No good father don't do that. But that's what we want God to do. In this day and age, that's what we're saying without saying it with our lips. We're trying to do whatever we want. And don't have no responsibility. I don't have to pray. God know my heart. I know what the Bible say. No responsibility. Our responsibility as a child of God is to do whatever necessary to please God. Some of us are worried about, I can dress any way I want. I ain't going to go deep into that. Trust me, this is a Sunday service. I'm not going deep into that. But what I'm telling you is, if you say you love God, you have to do whatever it takes to please God. So if you feel like you can dress any way you want, now ask God, is he pleased with the way you're dressing? That's all. This ain't got nothing to do with church. The devil deceived us and tricked us to think that it's the pastor and the church when it's your father Which is in heaven who died for you. Your father is the one that's being a good father to you. And telling you, you have to do this. And you have to do that. And you cannot do this. And you cannot do that. That's what your father is saying. Not the church. We have prayer meeting on Saturdays at 6.30. Okay, the church has structured that. So what you going to say? God don't want me to pray. You see, you're blaming it on the church. They had to pray on on Saturday. They could have chose a better time. What time are you really praying? Because I know people. If you're praying all the time, you can't help but to come at 6.30 on Saturdays. Y'all don't mess with me. Please don't let me tell you the truth that I know. Because whatever you do a lot of, you want to keep doing it. We are people that are creatures of habit. So if I pray a lot, I want to pray all the time. If I fast a lot, I want to fast all the time. If I read the Bible a lot, I want to read all the time. Here I go. I'm just going to finish up now. If we're not pleasing God, can we truly say we love God? If we're not obeying God, Can we truly say we love God? If we don't join with God in continuing his mission of reaching lost mankind, can we say we love God? If we are our father's child, we will do as our father do. Will you stand with me? Happy Father's Day. (laughs) happy father's day this wasn't one to make you jump and shout but it certainly was the one to challenge you God if he's our father we're going to please him if he's our father we're going to love him if he's our father we're going to honor him now, you got to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, are you honoring God the way you love, live in your life? Are you pleasing God the way you live in your life? Are you showing love to God the way you live in your life? Or are you just going to do whatever you, you just going to roll the dice. I'm going to live the way I want and hopefully when judgment come, he'll say, all right, come on in, man. Even though you didn't do all you should do, come on in. Is that what we're going to do? Okay. He going to say, no, I made that preacher preach the word. So you knew, you knew better. <laughs> I made that preacher preach the word. Listen, we're going to bow our heads. We're going to pray. And I have a couple of gifts for you, Father, so don't leave me. Um, yes. Um, we're going to pray and ask God to help us. Let this word go into your heart today. And let this word take root into your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, your word was challenging today. It's not... What we would want to make us feel comfortable. But Lord Jesus, you chasten them that you love. And today, Lord God, we want the will of God to be done in our life and in our heart. Touch these fathers, Lord God. And every man and every woman, every child that is here today. Challenge us even more with what we've heard today. That we will come to a place of understanding that we are your children And if we are your children, we will love you. If we are your children, we will honor you. If we are your children, we will do the things that please you. I pray today, Almighty God, that the word of God that's been spoken into the hearing of each and every one of us, it will take root, it will grow, and it will produce good fruit. Lord, as we go from this place today, I pray your hand be upon us. And that you will challenge us to give more of ourselves because of love. Not because anybody is forcing us. Not because anybody is making us. Not because anybody is trying to guilt us. But Lord that we will do more for you because we're loving you more. I pray Lord God that you will reveal more of your ways to us. That we will come to the knowledge of the truth of who you are. And not have a figment of our imagination of who you are. Bless your people today and keep them. Let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them. And we will give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. 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 Everybody that is not a father, will you stay standing, father, sit. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right. Tom. Barry. No, that don't count. He got up and said, "I'm a godfather." <laughs> Barry, Barry, always pushing the envelope, you know. Make sure all the fathers get a uh, a book. Thank you. There's also a, a bag that my mother, my